Hi, this is Derek O'Boyle from Natural Harmony Hypnosis and you're listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast. This is the first podcast of 2017 and I am absolutely delighted to have Mr. Derek O'Boyle from Natural Harmony Hypnosis on the podcast today. Based in Blanchestown, Derek? Based in Blanchestown, Main Street, Blanchestown and Blanchet Therapy Centre, yeah. And tell me this as a first question, right? Yes. And I've been th- I was thinking about what is going to be my first question of 2017 and it's this. When I was an air traffic controller. Yes. When I was a trainee air traffic controller, and I used to tell people that's what I did. Yeah. It, without fail, every single time, people would hold their hands up like this. I know you can't see what I'm doing, guys, but I'm basically doing the air marshal sign where I'm 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 guiding the airplane into its into its parking space in the airport. And every time I had to go, oh, no, that's no, that, that's, no, not, no, what that's not what an air traffic controller is. Conversely, every time I say to somebody that I'm um, training to be a counsellor and psychotherapist yes they 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 glaze over actually in most cases with me they glaze over and they sit back and they go are you analyzing me now yeah yeah yeah. and i didn't even say psychoanalyst i said psychotherapist so are you like reading my mind all this kind of stuff so my question to you my question to you is derek is that something that happens when you say to somebody you're a hypnotherapist oh yeah i get i get all type of reactions and there's one reaction that i'll never ever forget this guy came to do a bit of work in the house. Fantastic tradesman. We had an emergency problem. He came. He sorted the house. And because it was actually it was January two years ago, mm-hmm. so things were a bit lean after Christmas. And I remember saying to him, listen, I get paid at the end of the week. Can I sort you out then? He said, not a problem at all. So he was to arrive in on the Friday and no sign of him. And then I got a text on the following Tuesday or Wednesday. I might actually drop up and get that this Friday. I said, brilliant. And he didn't come till the following Tuesday. And when he came in to have a cup of tea in the kitchen, he said, you know what? You hypnotize me. <laughs> and I said, I said, excuse me? He said, yeah. My wife said to me that he's after hypnotizing you to forget so he doesn't have to pay. And I remember just thinking, if I could actually do that, <laughs> I would have retired years ago. So that just shows you, look, it's, it's hypnosis in the media. It's hypnotherapy. And people have sometimes a warped sense about what of course they is. do like yeah. anybody that i well not everyone i told but a, a lot of people who i said i was interviewing you derek from the you know from natural harmony hypnosis they were like yeah. well make sure that um you don't wake up like three hours afterwards and you still have your laptop <laughs> and, and your wallet and, and your watch and you're still fully clothed yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you're not doing bad stuff so yeah. let's put all of those mad assertions to bed tell the wellness project audience what hypnosis is and how it how it how it uh, pertains to wellness essentially okay so i'm a clinical hypnotherapist so there is a difference between stage hypnosis and what we do in the in our in our therapy and in our clinics mm. so stage hypnosis is what you see on telly what you see in the movies people think they fall asleep click the fingers they're gone they don't remember <laughs> it they're dancing like chicken barking like that look into my eyes look into my eyes yeah stay in the room all that type of stuff and that's it's fantastic entertainment 
and it's great and that's what it is hypnotherapy is an awful lot more deeper so we're dealing with the subconscious mind mm. so where the real you sits your your emotions your habits your beliefs your long-term memory mm. so what we get to do we get to help you in a safe and confidential environment make real positive change in your mm. life you're always in control you're never ever asleep and it's actually really interesting the word hypno comes from the greek word sleep that's where people get ah, that association okay. so you'll never ever be asleep in, in hypnosis you'll be relaxed you'll be calm but you'll never ever be asleep so that that is a big misconception then. huge misconception and really what hypnotherapy is and hypnosis is it's a relaxed stage of focused attention where we can start working with your subconscious mind. That's it in a sentence, really. That's perfect. And do you get a lot of people coming to you inquiring about the service that you offer? And they they might have a bad habit, like in your, in your bio on, on the Facebook page, you have, you know, we can help you with weight loss, smoking, mm-hmm. quitting smoking, all that kind of stuff. Do you get a lot of people coming to you and saying, I absolutely can't lose weight, I absolutely can't quit smoking? So will you just put me asleep there and then I'll wake up and I'll be a different person and it'll all be fixed, basically. Oh, yeah. The amount of wives that I get ringing up, can you sort out my husband? He's doing this and it's wrecking my head. <laughs> and they're like, going, well, does your, does your husband know for a start? Did you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hypnotherapy and hypnosis when it comes to weight loss and it comes to quit smoking, it's not a magic bullet. Mm. It's not a magic pill. So my job is to help those people quit, to help them lose weight. Mm. So to break up those false beliefs in their mind about mm. losing weight, false beliefs around um, why they enjoy smoking, what they think smoking brings to their lives. Yeah. And when you break up those false beliefs, because that's all they are, mm. are, false beliefs, very quickly the mind decides, no, I can do this. Mm. We're shrinking down that red devil that sits on our shoulder. Yeah. We're shrinking that right down so they can turn around and say, well, actually, no, I'm not smoking. I'm a non-smoker. I don't need smoke. I don't need cigarettes in my life. I don't feel better after a cigarette. Either. Yeah. It's really interesting to me because, you know, as the, my listeners know, I've, I've been banging on about it for ever since I started the podcast, I am training to be a psychotherapist. Mm. So a lot of the stuff that you're describing there is very similar to what a therapist would do in terms of, you know, identifying false beliefs, yeah. identifying behavior. Well, looking at behaviors that are keeping people stuck in their lives exactly, and yeah. um, trying to help them do the work. Exactly, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, exactly. So in hypnotherapy, really what we're doing is we're just finding the path within their mind to help them make positive change. Mm. So some of that might be reframing uh, anxious memories that they've had in the past that's mm. holding them back. It might be reframing false beliefs. I'm getting an awful lot of people, and I think it's it's the sign of the times in... It's a, probably a product of the recession. There's an awful lot of people with stress and anxiety coming into the clinic. Right. It's also a sign of the technology. Facebook, social media. Go on, say a bit more about that. Our minds are not designed for the level of information that we're taking in. Mm. So there's there's a couple of different things. Like, for instance, you'll know about circadian rhythms and our trading mm-hmm. rhythms and all that type of stuff. So basically, there's a reason why movies are usually 90 minutes long. Okay. And it's because that's the cycle where your mind can take in information and then it needs to stop and it needs to process and archive and do what it needs to do emotionally with all that information. Right. But on our phones, as soon as we wake up, we have our face melted into the phone. <laughs> and we're looking, what happened on guilty, social media? I'm guilty, yeah. oh God, or, I'm or, guilty. Yeah, everybody's guilty. Or we're reading the news, or it's just information overload. Then we get into work, and we're on the laptops, or we're in a busy environment, and it's just mm. information, information, information. So those little gaps where we used to take time for ourselves, they're now filled up with the phone, which yeah. is just more information. Mm. So at no point 
at no point throughout the day does our mind get those breaks that it used to every yeah. 40, 50, 60 minutes just to process for three or four minutes. Yeah. And the only time it gets to do it now is just as you're getting into bed. Because mm. the mind goes, hold on, lads. Hold on. I think he's just put the phone down. <laughs> you know all that information that we saw today? I think this could be the chance we get now to process all of that. So while you're lying in the bed, staring at the ceiling, your mind is going, right, process, 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 process. And then people aren't sleeping. Yeah. Then they say, I can't sleep. Then they get anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And when you're sitting there lying in bed, everybody's mind has a negative bias. It's an evolutionary thing. It's what kept us safe. Yeah. And our mind, when we're just sitting there aimlessly thinking about nothing, will always wander to the negative before the positive. Okay. So you're awake, you can't sleep, your mind starts wandering. Where does it wander? It wanders to the negative, and all of a sudden, you're in an anxious cycle in your mind. And then and that just gets worse and worse and, and worse. Every, you're reinforcing it every night. And here's the kicker. When you're imagining something, your mind doesn't understand what's real or imaginary. That's right. Yeah. So once you yeah. visualize something, and you imagine something, it's as if it's happening. So your body has the same reaction. It pumps out the adrenaline, the cortisol, all the wrong hormones. Right. That's why stress and anxiety brings on weight gain. Mm. Affects your mood, affects your memory, affects your cognitive function. Mm. So so this is all Facebook's fault, this essentially. Is, this is all Facebook's fault, Twitter's fault, <laughs> social media. But it's really, it's, kind of, it's something that you can see more and more in all the wellness um, work that's being done by great people mm. it's all around yes the phone has a place in your life yeah but it doesn't need to take over your life no and i do remember actually when i interviewed dave moore from today fm and we spoke a lot about this yeah. dynamic of constant information flow into our into our eyes and into our brain and how do we keep up with it and he made a great decision well he told me it was great for him that he just stopped reading the news stopped listening to the news didn't have anything on his Facebook yeah. feed that was to do with the news. Um, now, he would be quite um, active on social media, yeah. but he said, like you're saying there, Derek, like he had to basically plan long breaks from it yes. and be very careful about when he went on. You know Exactly, and that's, that's, that's a really important thing because um, a lot of what I do with the clients in the clinic, so it's not all just hypnotherapy. We use hypnotherapy to find the issues, to reframe and to make the positive change. But in the weeks between our sessions, I also use CBT techniques, mm -hmm. mindfulness-based techniques. Yeah. So the first thing that I'll do with someone that's stressed and anxious is turn off all the push notifications on your phone, take the news off. Exactly what David said, take the news off the phone. So decide then when you're going to go on the phone. Is it going to be lunchtime? I think that's a really practical Brilliant piece And everybody of can do it, and it's free. Turn it works. Go into your settings, guys. Turn off all every single one of your push notifications. Unless you're really desperately waiting for an email to come through, I would say that might be an exception that people might go, look, I need yeah. to check this yeah. email. A work email, but, whatever, yeah. Yeah, really turn off the push notifications. That's a fantastic piece of practical advice. Yeah. That changed my experience of social media as well. It's huge. And then you start to enjoy social media then because you're like, okay, at lunchtime I'm going to go on and have a scroll. See yeah. what's happened. So you enjoy it. Exactly. Rather than just, it's constantly ding, ding, ding. And here's the other reason why Facebook and social media, and I'm getting an awful lot of this with secondary school students because I'm starting to do work in schools about, mm. not with hypnotherapy, but <coughs> explaining how their mind works. Right. So they can start to use their mind as an ally for studying rather than seeing, rather than your mind acting as your internal saboteur. So you're trying to study mm. and your mind isn't processing the information the way it's, it does. So... We work with kids to explain how your mind works and yeah. get some really, really good feedback. Right. Because they realise actually my mind can help me here rather than being acting against me unbeknownst. But here's the thing with the with the social media. 
for someone who's in the unfortunate position of being bullied mm. or social anxiety, um, your home used to be your safe haven if you're being bullied in school. Now you have your phone in your room, so mm. those bullies are actually sitting in bed with you yeah. as you're as they're reading those hurtful, yeah. horrible messages. Yeah. And from a subconscious level and a personal level, that really gets into people. And yeah. that's why you see these instances with kids now just horrific bullying and we're having kids taking their own lives yeah. which is just horrendous and people are wondering where is this coming from that's the precise reason because exactly. they have no safe haven anymore their own bedroom isn't even safe anymore so what would you say you have children yourself like what yeah. would you say to parents out there who <coughs> suspect that their child is you know in that unfortunate situation of of not having the safe haven how, how do you think parents can give their child that safe haven once more I think that the biggest thing really is is just to keep checking in with your kids, keep talking, keep communicating. You, you can take the option of I'm taking the phone off you, or that's the most obvious thought. Yeah, you can take the phone off, and that will work in some instances, but an awful lot of time, communication, checking in, and I would say the push notifications are a huge thing as well. Massive, massive. I was really interested in what you said about the negative bias. Yeah. Also, very interested in the mind being an ally. Yes, that, that like punched me right in the face. I didn't want to interrupt yeah. your reverie there because I was really enjoying what you were saying. But I'd like to focus in on those two points, if you don't mind. So you were saying that the negative bias is something that historically the human race is like, yeah. or so our you, culture specifically? No, the human race. It's basically our species. So the negative bias is there. And this is like, John Kabat-Zinn talks about this in mindfulness, because this is a lot of what mindfulness is too as well. So, um, And we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later on, but... Um, the negative bias was there to protect you. So if you're a caveman, you step out of the cave, mm. you're walking across the plains, your mind is going on negative bias to keep you safe. Okay, so well, if you're what's, expecting... What's, what's that rattling over there? Keep yeah. an eye on that, because that could be, I don't know, a mammoth or whatever it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. right? But that's never left us because it has kept us safe all through evolution. Okay. The what-ifs. So when we're not focused on doing something, and that's why mindfulness and positive psychology is now doing so well, so all these colouring books and... All yeah. those and they're fantastic yeah. I, I use them with a lot of my clients yeah um, it's because when you're mindful you are focusing on the present okay your mind isn't wandering aimlessly so it doesn't get that chance to wander to the negative bias and that's okay. a technique I use with hypnobirth and moments as well right um, so it's about staying present so when you stay present in mindfulness you can't wander to the negative bias because you're present in what you're doing mm. so whether that's going for a mindful walk mindful coloring whatever it is yeah. you're staying present so your mind can't wander to the negative bias okay so you enjoy the moment you get all the happy endorphins and everything so mm. you feel better after it and you, you start to do that on a regular basis throughout the day so then you spend more time feeling better than you did feeling worse yeah and very soon the good days are far outweighing the bad days, yeah. and that cycle is broken. That's, so the that's negative bias is uh, it's, it's protection for ourselves it's from danger. Protection. That's historic, yeah. um, and I, that really rings true with me. Like I, I, myself and yourself met up before Christmas. To yeah, discuss, we had a great old chat to discuss this podcast, and I, I told you about my my own history of mental health problems in terms of depression and just basically looking for ways to manage it a bit better and I found the weightlifting and I found the podcast and I found a wonderful community of people um, online and I'm still making friends all the time that helped me with that but what that negative bias I hadn't actually heard it before today mm. <laughs> and it's re it really rings true to me so I would argue that people who have a difficulty with management of 
poor mental health and depression. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, diagnosed PTSD or, oh, yeah, or schizophrenia yeah, yeah. or anything yeah. psychopathological like that. I'm talking about people going through their everyday lives that have that tendency towards the negative bias. I think, it, would you say that people like them and myself got stuck there? It's just being stuck in a rut. But stuck in a negative bias, though, is it? Stuck in a negative bias, because <laughs> once you get into that negative bias, it's like a downward spiral. The what-ifs just keep going and going and going. And depending, you mentioned you're an air, a tr- you were an air traffic controller, yeah. trainee, trainee, or whatever yeah. way you wanted <laughs> yeah. to phrase it. But so you would have a very analytical mind. Mm. You'd have to, to mm. be successful in that job, which means while that works in work, having an analytical mind, if you're in a negative bias, it means you have just analysed to be Jesus out of the worst <laughs> scenario possible to the nth degree. And because you're imagining it in your mind, your body starts having the same reactions as yeah. if you're going through that scenario right there and right then. Yeah. So when you're getting it in your mind and in your mind is pumping out the wrong endorphins, mm. the wrong hormones, the wrong language, the wrong language, then you start believing it. And as you're doing it every night, it gets more reinforced, more right. reinforced. So is this, you're, what you're describing is how a, a, a new negative belief pattern is being formulated? Correct. That yeah. keeps you stuck. And people think they're broken. It's not. Their mind is doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's just too good at the negative bias at the minute. That's Well, I mean, you when you put a lot of work into something, you get good at it. <laughs> you get really good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and conversely... Like what we're talking about it, it, through all of the podcasts is all about people taking little nuggets of information from amazing people like yourself and maybe instigating into their lives on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Yeah. And once, like similar to doing the daily negative bias obsession that you might get into that negative uh, cycle, you can do the opposite, but it has to be a conscious decision, like you were yeah. saying. It has to be a daily practice of mindfulness, yeah. you know. And that's Reading, I'm just that's picking mindfulness, yeah. Um, and I can explain how we do it in hypnotherapy as well. But um, something that's that's really important is for 2017. Anybody who's listening, think big. Mm. So, uh, for instance, people that make resolutions, I always have an issue with resolutions, and here's the reason why I have an issue with resolutions: because people always make them from their limited beliefs. They make them based on their past experiences. Okay. So, for instance, if I take myself last year, right, in January 2016, I was saying, right, I want to have this many more clients coming through the clinic. How yeah. am I going to find those clinics and help those people? Yeah. I would like to, I don't know, maybe speak in a school, speak in an event, because I hadn't done any up to that point. So I said, if I get one, so I was self-limiting already. <laughs> I'd be happy if I get yeah, one yeah. school. Whereas yeah. I didn't know who was going to come into my life on January 5th, on February 5th, yeah. and that was going to open up. So I ended up doing a rake load of talks last year. Brilliant. So really what I'm saying is, think big, but each and every day I was making small, consistent steps. Whether it was sending an email, making a call, doing a bit of research, reading an online blog, mm. something. And what that meant then was I was focused on something. My mind was being occupied positively on something small each and every day. Yeah. Which meant when I was sitting in front of the telly, I was spending less time wandering to the negative but what small thing could I do today well maybe if I read that blog there might be a bit of information that I could speak to someone on yes so that was something I had planned for that day then yeah. the next day it may be well I don't need to research anything I want to spend a bit of time in the gym and yeah so each and every day I had something small and consistent to do which very soon I was spending more time doing things I enjoyed than wandering on a negative voice and it seems just oh that's easy to do that sounds like so simple oh, that's it why it works sound simple, that's why it works it's yeah. not easy it's not easy. It sounds no. simple, but it's not easy. 
It's not easy at all. But you just have to take the conscious decision. I took it last January. That Right, whatever happens. And then here's the other thing. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Yeah. So I do that with an awful lot of clients about going back into their subconscious and understanding that it's okay to make a mistake. So if you have a bad day, that's one day in the year. Yeah. It doesn't have to ruin your whole week. Exactly. And again, that just sounds like a phrase for me to say, but actually when you sit and you start to believe that yeah. and accept it, the bad days are going to come. The bad days always come. Yeah. But tomorrow is another day. Mm -hmm. So shake it off and we'll start tomorrow exactly what we exactly. like to do. Yeah. Exactly. I just love that whole dynamic. and you know, The whole idea of it sounding simple but it not being easy i think it's all about being being mindful with yourself and being i guess say you have that bad day yes if you're if your mind is saying to yourself then oh tomorrow's another day like there's a there's a possibility that your mind might then say such a fucking cliche it is a cliche but which but which means that you're completely um, removing yourself from the possibility of actually believing it yeah because you're negative bias you're in the yeah. negative bias then you're saying oh it's a cliche bollocks you know whatever and, that's and then you stay stuck and stuck and stuck and stuck correct and that's where the hypnotherapy comes in because everything you're speaking of there is conscious mm. whereas in hypnotherapy really what we do is we get people into a relaxed focused state mm. where the conscious part of your mind where the rationale the logic mm. The short-term memory sits, the bit that would rationalise that and say, oh, that's only a cliche, that's, yeah. excuse the word, bullshit. So yeah, I'm yeah, not going to, yeah. yeah. Um, we relax that because that is, your subconscious is essentially dumb. It has no logic. So for all your beliefs, your emotions, your habits, your memory sit, mm -hmm. um, if we had no conscious as an adult, I could turn around and say, hey, Dan, it's nighttime outside right now. And you go, okay. And I go, no, Dan, it's daytime. And you go, okay. So the conscious is there to protect you, right? But what we do in hypnotherapy is we relax. scam artists. Correct, yeah. We, uh, we, um, we relax the conscious mind so we can speak directly to the subconscious. Yeah. And then we can start to reframe the beliefs that, one, you're not good enough, two, you're not capable, three, you're not able. Mm -hmm. So we start to reframe those. So we take your belief structure and we reinforce it. So then there's... And I'm just going to keep the analogy of that little devil on your shoulder. Yeah, that gets nice. shrunken right down. And you have a bit of positive in your shoulder to say, actually, no, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So, Because the key to here is you can be the gatekeeper of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You can choose to harbor positive thoughts. Yeah. Negative thoughts come to everybody. They come to me. Yeah. Even though I'm now one of the most positive people, I know because I'm choosing to be positive. And that's a hard choice and it's a hard work you have to make every day. And the negative it's thoughts... it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. The negative thoughts do come. They always come. The difference is, and I heard a, a Tibetan monkey came to Google. He comes to Google two or three times a year. He gives a speech. His name is Tupton, and he is amazing, right? He, he's over in the Scottish monastery, and he said, the negative thoughts, they can be like visitors to your home. You let them in the front door, let them out the back door, but they don't have to stay for tea. <laughs> and I just thought that was a fantastic <laughs> analogy. So yeah, yeah, it was excellent. So when, when, my, when my negative thoughts come, and they do come, and some days... They come an awful lot. And mm. some weeks they come an awful lot. But the difference is now, I now understand they are not me. I'm not defined by those negative thoughts. So I don't choose to harbor them anymore. So I let them come. I let them pass. I love that. And I focus on the positive. And that's far harder than it is to say, to do. It's something you have to work really hard at. But like everyone else with practice, 
every day becomes that bit easier. Yeah, and I mean, I, I did time management training. I work with Focus Ireland with families who are experiencing homelessness, and the best training I ever got within in-house was uh, time management. And the one thing that always stayed with me from that training, and I've mentioned it many times on this podcast, is the hard is the good. The hard is the good, yeah. Like, it's such a simple little phrase. <clears throat> but he was talking about exactly what you're talking about now, you know. It's difficult, or it's you may perceive it as difficult to put this work in to your daily life, but the payoff is huge, massive. And something on time management, I've an awful lot of professionals coming through the clinic um, at the minute. They're in all strains, from legal to financial to computing, everything. Mm. And they're coming in with an awful lot of strength, stress and anxiety because of workloads, expectations, and all yeah. that type of stuff. Um, but something with time management, and I've said it a million one to people, and they never believe me until they do it, but having a three-minute meeting with yourself in the morning is the best thing you can do. So, like, taking that time to taking do a bit time. of mindfulness, a bit of breathing, a bit of A whatever. bit of mindfulness, a bit of breathing. Positive but even when they sit at the desk, writing their list out for what they're going to do that today. And I know some listeners have probably list, listened to that and just said, oh, I'm switching off here. Just write a list. <laughs> but let me explain why. Give them a chance, guys. <laughs> Give them a chance. We're thinking big here. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, writing a list why. If you have ten important things to do in your work day and you don't write them down, what your mind does, it puts a big red flag. It's like an email. It puts a big red flag on every one of those 10. Right. And every three or four minutes, it prompts you, don't forget to do that. Don't forget to do that. Don't forget to do that. And that brings your stress and anxiety levels up through the roof. Yeah. However, write them down on the list. Mm. It takes the red flag out of your mind, puts it on a piece of paper. Mm. And when you have it done, you put a line through it. It also gets rid of the stress and anxiety of, what if I forget to do that? Yes. I can't forget to do it. And when you take that piece of Take that pen and run it through the line on the page. Subconsciously, it's relaxing everything. Now, that sounds really airy-fairy. He's lost the plot here. No, But no, I've no. had professionals no, no. come back two weeks later and say, do you know, I'm doing that every morning now. And I'm actually now putting times beside the tasks of when you expect to do them. And it's working. And it's them. working because they're taking their day out of their head. They're putting it on a piece of paper. Yeah. That mental fog is going. They now have yeah. their logic their cognitive function back because they're not spending their whole time don't forget to do that at two o'clock what if you get to that Jesus so they end up that. spending their whole day doing that instead of doing the task yeah. so when you said stuck in a rut and spinning in a circle they're going into workspace in the morning and they're just spinning in a circle at their desk mentally because they're geeing themselves up not to forget to do those 10 things <laughs> and they're missing the bigger picture and then they're wondering why at the end of the day they're burnt out and because they've been spending the whole day trying to remember all those things they didn't take time to process any information Right. So do you remember what I was speaking earlier about your about mind, the, the breaks? Yeah. So I had, a, I had a girl come to me saying, you know, I was doing a report the other day and I was probably an hour and a half in and I just, my mental function went. And I said, that's your mental cue. When you get that, step away from the computer because yeah. that's your mental cue saying, give me two minutes to process this yes. and then I'm back on my A game. Yes. But we don't. Yeah. Because we're just constantly worrying about and it's the just, outcome of not getting stuff yeah. done. Exactly, yeah. And worrying about the outcome that's that's a really key phrase too because a lot of the performance athletes that I'm now doing, I know I think you know my brother Daryl Boyle runs CrossFit 15. I think that's oh, how yeah. I got the connection. Yeah. It's now yeah. Fitbox Dublin, um, and he's doing some fantastic things with from people who've never moved, exercised in their life. Okay, this is yeah, this is excellent. Because and this is where it comes in the whole wellness piece. Yeah, yeah. and um, so talk to me about this then. So you, we're we're going to talk about a little bit about exercise and yeah. how what you do in your clinic can impact athletes in their performance. A lot of people who will have tuned into this episode um, have either not exercised at all, yeah. ever, or 
are very good regular training athletes who I think will get a lot out of what you're going to say. So tell me how you're, it, it, it all ma- matches up. Well, the thing about wellness is for it to be successful and sustainable, it's mind and body. Okay. So obviously with the hypnotherapy I'm working on the mind side and with from a body perspective, Dara works very well from physical training to nutrition to just getting that exercise in. So if I stick with the performance athletes for a minute, uh, there's a number of performance athletes coming through the clinic and they were absolutely killing it in training. Mm. But then when it came to competition, the wheels were coming off. Oh, okay. Really because of <clears throat> the whole fear thing. So we did a lot of works around the two biggest fears everybody has. Fear of being judged, fear of not being good enough. Mm. You walk into a competition environment, if you have any of those fears amplified, they're just going to go through the roof. Yeah. So we did an awful lot of work with those people of reframing that. And now they're absolutely blitzing competitions because they know if I make a mistake... I can go back into training and correct it and I'll kill it at the next competition. Yeah. And it's that freedom. Yeah. But it's so it's, it's freeing up that mind space. It is. It, re- literally putting your hands in and removing the fear it, we, it's, of those two yeah, things. We of don't, not being we don't good enough it. of being judged. Yeah, we literally just reframe it. So it's a kind of case of... And <clears throat> when I trained, I met a fantastic gentleman called Carl Curtis. Right. He is... Um, the leader of the Institute of Clinical Hypnotherapy in Ireland, in my view, one of the best hypnotherapists in Europe. And he turns around and he says to people, the perfect human being makes mistakes. Think of how life, how boring life would be if nobody made any mistakes. And it's a bit like that phrase that John Kavanagh has coined with, with Conor McGregor, win or learn. Yeah. But the most successful people understand that making a mistake is not a failure. That's your opportunity to grow, to develop, to succeed. Yes. So when you believe that on a subconscious basis, when we get an athlete and they may have not performed the way they would like at a competition, Mm. we have stopped analyzing results. Results, we're not binary. We're not ones and zeros. We're not passes or fails. Your mind isn't set up that way. So what do you shift from from results to what? What we shift to? Performance. Okay. Here's the reason why. Um everybody's mind is set up to be curious that's also what keeps us safe so if you walk away from a competition and you're saying i failed how to be curious about how you failed because you feel crap yeah whereas if you turn around and say my performance wasn't there where in my performance so if it's weightlifting where in my performance was it not there was it on the primary lift was it on the setup was it my mobility was it my mobility so what does that do to your motivation then it shoots it through the roof because you know when you go back into training, you can speak with your coach and say, you know, I don't think I got the primary lift right. So mm-hmm. can we do a bit of work on that this week? Yeah. So you're not taking a step back. You're training. As soon as you get back on those decks, your training is taking a step forward. Even though you may have failed the weekend before, mm-hmm. mentally you haven't failed. You've learned something. You're developing. You're growing. You're succeeding. So that's the mental shift. I love that. And I love John Kavanagh's. Um, it's phrase amazing. that he's coined that every yeah. like all performance coaches all over the world are, are, use that mentality but win or learn but he lives by it as, as does, I'm sorry I don't know John Kavanagh and I don't know Conor McGregor I've only read the book and I just thought that is honest it's honest because of the experience that he went through from starting from nothing to developing it and it's it's mental and it's physical that's why it resonates with people when he say it because you believe it because he believes it it's amazing it's huge I absolutely love it Fantastic. So you're not going to be training Conor McGregor anytime soon? I wish, but no. <laughs> well, Conor, if you are listening and you'd like to do some mental work, not that I think you'd need it in fairness. <laughs> we spoke a little bit about Derek's um, January 2016 goals, and he told us all to think big, 
earlier on in this podcast. And actually, what you might not know is he actually set a goal to be on the Dan Kiel Wellness Project podcast even before I came up with it. So yes. he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not think big? So tell me, how did you actually get into the whole area? Like, what was it in your personal life or in your professional life that led you down the path of hypnosis? I was looking for, I was actually focusing on physical therapy at one stage. Right. Um, I'm a qualified engineer. That's my background. Um, and I love it, but I want to do more with people, mm. more with therapy. <clears throat> and I was always interested in physio work and that type of stuff. So I started research, researching it, and I don't know, was it in a magazine or a paper? I seen um, Irish Hypnosis's advertisement for a weekend introduction to hypnotherapy. Right. And I remember just going, well, that would be maybe a nice way to spend two days because it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I went to the weekend and met Carol Curtis and the team, did the training for the two days, and that's where I seen the mind-body connection just in its purest form okay. and how actually if we don't believe something, we can't achieve something. Similarly, if we believe something mentally, the body will never achieve it. And yeah. I actually seen it firsthand. Okay. I seen Carol remove fears. I seen Carol... Uh, reframe stress anxiety in the space of two days so people that had come that weren't even able to get into lifts the next day were getting into lifts and jumping oh, on planes wow. and this just blew my mind and I decided was it like an epiphany for you it was an epiphany because I realized that's the connection I've been missing that yeah. mind body connection and in terms of wellness and balance when you have the mind in balance with the body and the body in balance with the mind that's where it comes from yeah. that's that is wellness in much and I realized I'm focusing on the body here, but I'm actually missing the bigger picture, mm. the mind. And I remember then I just signed like up. Like you can't have one without the other, no. basically you were no. saying to yourself. Exactly, yeah. And I remember I signed up with uh, Carol and the team at Irish Hypnosis and I've never, ever looked back. It's been the best thing. From a personal perspective, I've learned so much. My self-confidence is an awful lot more than it ever was because I understand now how my mind works. Yeah. I'm not a slave to my thoughts anymore. I'm not a prisoner. Yeah, well, I mentioned earlier on that I wanted to talk about the mind as an ally. Yes. And actually, we've just been speaking about it for 20 yeah. minutes. But I didn't even have to come back to it because the way our conversation organically went was talking about what we do when the negative bias comes in. You know, and here's the thing as well with a lot of athletes and people going to the gym. And the reason I, what I spoke at Wellfest this year was about that some people go to the gym to relax. And that's grand if you're going for a bit of relaxation bit of, and bit of get fit that's okay but actually get rid of the guilt get rid of the guilt but actually for some of the more competition athletes performing athletes or people who want to take it a bit more serious and um, going to the gym when you're stressed and anxious is actually counterproductive mm. because when you're stressed and anxious your body's in fight or flight mode and when yeah. it's in that mode it's not sending all the nutrients to the muscles it's not mm. sending all the oxygen flow all that type of stuff so you're really only getting 30% of the outcome for all that 100% of effort you're putting. Okay. So what would you say to those um, competition athletes who are, you know, generally tend to go to the gym when they're up to 90? Yeah. If you're spending 20 hours a week training physically, you should be spending at least two hours a week working on your mental game. And that's where my whole phrase, mind gains, came mind out. Mind gains, I love it. I was looking on, on social media, and sorry, this isn't a judgment thing, this is literally just an observation. I was looking on social media, and you see all these fantastic athletes, and all these guys and girls making huge transformations in their life physically. Yeah. And they look brilliant, and they should be applauded for their effort, because mm. it's huge. But at the same time, I was having a lot of people come through the clinic, and it, it was like an epiphany one day, coming through the clinic, and they were making huge um, physical transformations. Yeah. But then they are coming to me saying, 
I'm looking better than I've ever looked, but I'm not feeling better, and I, that I don't understand it. And then I just they realized they thought it was just going to automatically happen with the physical transformation. Correct. Like you just automatically feel better. Yeah, but if if you subconsciously believe that you're not good enough, that you're not able, or mm. whatever those negative beliefs are, when you look better. You'll have more energy and everything, but those internal subconscious beliefs that are deep at your core, they'll still stay niggling away. You say core there. This what you're talking about here, Derek, is at the core of my whole journey. When when, when I was a weight loss rebels ambassador, I started in 2013, lost a shitload of weight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- through that whole process, even when I began, I knew that I had to be working on my mind yeah. gains as well. Yeah. So I feel very privileged to be able to say that. I never discounted that side of things. You know, I'm still on a massive journey. And Every day is a you know, school day. Physically and mentally, I still want to reach a better place all of the time. I don't think there is an end goal, really. No, no. But I'm really happy that... I th- it must be to do with my social care background, you know, the, the work that I do. Um, I recognized it from a very early stage that, look, you can deadlift as heavy as you want. You can squat as heavy as you want. You can go train seven days a week do 365 days in a row if you want but if you're only training and you're not addressing and being vocal about your mental health your, your mental, mental health as you said not feeling good enough not feeling worthy yeah um fear of being judged all that kind of stuff you have to put time into that yeah. now i am grateful that throughout that whole process i did begin to train to be a psychotherapist so that was a massive help yeah. to me because we're required to journal a lot yeah we're required to have a practice and stress management which for me is headspace that yeah. the app headspace, that headspace app and stretching fantastic. you know yeah. and um a lot of muscular tightening up and releasing of the stress all that kind of yeah. stuff but you guys if you are on a journey of weight loss of you know body change or just strength training whatever you're doing do not discount the mental side and this is a trademark for Derek. It's mind gains. Mind gains. And what I did at the time was, and we, we just trialed it for a week. So I asked the 60 or people that crowned themselves into a wet tent, because it was the day of the All-Ireland, it was lashing rain, but I still had 60 people at the top. You're talking about the, the Wellfest, the Wellfest yeah. in Herbert Park in so Dublin. So what I asked them to do, like my Facebook page is Natural Harmony Hypnosis. My Instagram is Natural Harmony Hypno. And I asked them all to start posting. So as they were posting pictures of themselves training or deadlifting which was fantastic once a week i wanted them to post time when they worked on their mind mentally and that could be going for a walk it could be something that's a real good example of you had him on uh, a while ago dave moore yeah and he puts up some fantastic pictures of beaches around that's right and excellent well he he, his his idea i think is to really uh piss off dermot because he gets <laughs> he gets a lot of stick when he goes into work, but I know from knowing Dave as, as well as I do now that he really is doing a mindfulness practice there. That's with, exactly in what the it beauty is. of Pormarnock, yeah. where he lives, like he's blessed to have that. So every what, what I did with the mind gains was ask people to put up how they worked on their mental gains that week. So whether it's going for a walk, having a cup of tea with a friend, sitting on the beach, walking your dog, whatever it is that you took time for yourself, be positively selfish, and that's okay. Take like time that. for yourself. Positively um, selfish. It's it's a contradiction in terms. No, it's great. But it's excellent. Be positively selfish for today. And not as easy as it sounds. Not as easy as it sounds. So take time for yourself. And people started posting and a bit of a competition. And we tried it for a week or two, and it was absolute. The response was huge. Oh, so people brilliant. that were trained were just saying, Do you know what? 
I actually feel great this week. My sleep is back on track. My nutrition is back on track because they were giving themselves giving themselves time to process, time mm. to relax, time to focus on their breath. And here's the big thing about your breath: your energy follows your breath. Mm. And what is energy? Energy is essentially your emotions. So if you think of even the word emotions, it's emotion. Mm. Uh, a very kind lady, Mary Kay Anderson, explained this to me one day. Your emotion is energy in motion. And how do we control our energy? Our energy follows our breath. So that's why mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy, we all work with our breaths because it focuses yeah. your energy and your emotions. Your emotions. So that's the quickest way of getting your energy positive and your emotions positive, focusing on your breath. Mm. The other thing it does is it quiets the monkey mind. Monkey mind? <laughs> you were probably aware of the monkey mind. Oh, um, yes, yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's running overtime right now. Even. Yeah. So when, when you're trying to relax, and we do an awful lot of this in the clinic, your monkey mind is going in the background going, I'm not relaxing, I'm not relaxing. So we give it a job to do. Yeah. Focus on your breath. Yeah. Breathe in, count to four, breathe out. You can do box breathing, whatever it is. That gives it a job yeah. to do. Quietens it down. And we can start to work then. With yeah, I like I, I like the Seven Eleven approach myself. I look, I look, you know, in for seven, yeah, in for eleven. Seven, yes, fantastic. It's, it's really simple, really effective, and there's like a billion apps, guys. So if you're looking for something to give you that aid, um, just download one of those breathing apps. They're fantastic. When you say the word monkey mind, by yeah. the way, I just have this image of I don't know. Is this the image from the book? Um, it's it's a monkey with one of those big drums, drums attached to it yeah. and its hands are going boom, 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 boom. Exactly. The, head, the little hat on the head, like a... Like a uh, the little clasper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, up and yeah. down, up and down, yeah. Quieten the monkey mind. Quieten the monkey mind. Give it a job to do. That's why we ask you to focus on your breath because it quietens the monkey mind. So we're coming towards the end and I just want you to plug the shite out of your service right now. Okay, okay so... We've spoken about athletes. We've yes. spoken about people suffering from stress, fear, stress, anxiety. anxieties. Yeah. Um, are there niche issues that people will come to, that the people have come to you? Like, have you got an example of a case study of anything, anyone who you worked with? I saw something on your page recently about yeah, a guy there's who, a couple. who was brave enough to go on video and talk about his experience. Yeah, that gentleman, his name, and he won't mind me mentioning it because he's doing fantastic work. His name is Michael Brogan, and he actually came through Dara's Jim. Right. Two years ago, he had very little mobility. Okay. He decided he needed to make him change. He got in touch with Dara. Dara created a very bespoke program for him in CF15, which is now called Fit, Fitbox Pro. Uh, Dublin, sorry, Fitbox Dublin. Um, created a very bespoke, got him moving again, and got him onto a rower, because he wasn't great at running or... So can you just say, for the for the people who are listening, when you yeah. say he had very little mobility, what did he have a disability, or like was he just struggling to... You know, struggling with a bit of weight hadn't okay. hadn't exercised in years so his mobility would have been quite limited okay and with the job he was in he was at a desk an awful lot of time so sedentary so he had issues with yeah. hips knees and all that type of yeah. stuff so he got moving made fantastic progress he is an absolute inspiration and then he decided i've now got the body i need to start working on the mind the whole wellness piece yes so he came to our clinic with stress and anxiety and we did three or four sessions. He's now stress and anxiety free by his own admission. Mm. Um, he's never felt better. And for 2017, he has set himself a fantastic challenge. And the reason I say challenge, and if we before we finish, we can just chat a bit about self-talk in a okay. second. Yeah, absolutely. The reason I say challenge, it's all about the language you use. When you say challenge, subconsciously you're telling yourself it's going to be tough, but we can overcome it. So if you, say, if you say to yourself, I can't do this, you've reinforced yourself, you can't. 
mm. on a subconscious basis for saying it day in day out mm. so he's set himself a challenge and that's to row one million meters so think what? about that for a second a million between now and the end of this year he has set the challenge it's called michael brogan's one million meter row and did he set up a facebook page he on has it? a is blog he's he gonna blog about it he has a blog i think it's uh, Michael's one millimeter row. I'll find exactly what it is, and I'll and I'll send it on to you. Fantastic! But please support him. Dara's bringing Reebok in. He's going to be sponsored. It's fantastic. going to be fantastic. And for him, the reason he's picked wrong is because that's his that's his niche. That's where he feels comfortable. Yeah. And from a wellness perspective, he enjoys it. So it gets the mind working. It gets the body working. So he has set himself this challenge. So I'm really looking forward to supporting him on motivation over the next month. Good for you, Michael, and uh, everybody here at the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast, which is Dankyo. Dankyo, yeah. <laughs> Wishes you extremely well. Um, and I will be following your progress, and I cannot wait to check that out. So just something really quickly on yeah. self-talk. Your mind trusts nobody more than you. Mm. So if you're telling yourself, and I do this with athletes and with random Joe Sobers that come into the clinic, if you're telling yourself, I can't do something, I won't do something, that continually gets reinforced mm. day in, day out, and it becomes a core belief in your subconscious. So when someone is telling you something logically, your emotions always trump your logic. That's why when mm. you say, I know I should get up this morning and just do that. <laughs> if you're feeling the opposite, they always trump. And that's your subconscious. Your so subconscious. how do people do? How do people make... That change, that's yeah. where hypnotherapy comes <laughs> in. Because we speak with the... With, and we reframe the subconscious. So that's what I do. I work with people in Blanchetown that... Uh, stress, anxiety, fears, phobias, quit smoking, weight loss, depression, and I'm doing a huge amount of work with pregnant mums at the minute. And you mentioned that it. earlier. Tell me a little bit about that, will you? Yeah. Uh, hypnobirthing? Hypnobirthing. Yeah, so it's an American concept. There's gentle birthing, positive birth, hypnobirthing, but it's all on the same basis that uh, for 99% of women, for healthy women, pregnancy is actually not a medical condition. Mm. So it's being conditioned that it's it's going to be painful. It's it's going to be fearful. Yeah. What we're doing is we're breaking that uh, pain, fear, tension cycle. And we actually reinforce with all pregnant women, we bring down the stress, the anxiety, any fears they have around birth and their baby. Okay. And we work with different breathing exercises, visualizations, yeah. a bit of self-hypnosis. So they understand, and I, I keep saying use the core and subconsciously, that they can do this. This is natural. Yeah. This is the most natural. And by releasing the fear, all the body follows. So all those birthing muscles stay nice and loose. Right. And they actually function the way they should so they can have a positive birthing experience. And if if any of um, the listeners are, you know, living in Dublin, living in Ireland, living in Leicester yeah. and are interested in that, like at what stage of the pregnancy would you suggest that someone starts seeing? It's, it's never too early, but it's generally people from about 27 28 29 weeks okay is where they start coming on because for a lot then it's becoming a big reality that very yeah. shortly in a, in a in a short period of time i'm going to birth in my baby and some people come for fears around not actually around birthing their baby we don't deliver babies they don't arrive on the post right well we that's, the first, that's, the, yeah. that's the first thing i thought when you said when you mentioned the word hypnobirth yeah. earlier i was like god this guy he can do everything and it's again it's back to language it's the language you use we don't have contractions we have waves surges we breathe the baby down we you never push so there's it's it's just a totally change in the mindset and when when the mothers come on board and because everybody wants a positive experience they, they just believe it wholeheartedly and I've yet have anybody to come out and say that was not amazing and fantastic. 
And you're not talking about the babies there, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the ones, once, because what we do is we show them that perfect place of relax. Everybody's mind has a perfect place of relaxation. Yeah. We get to do that and show you that in hypnotherapy. And once they find that on the first session, they're like, I never knew that was there. I never knew I was capable wow. of that. So and that the brings their confidence through the roof. So the mothers come back to you, obviously, after they give birth. And, and do they give you feedback? Or do you work with them after the birth as well? Some mums um, with postnatal depression a little. And some around just the fear of having a baby home and what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's just reframing that you are good enough or capable. It's Again, it, it yeah. always goes back to that principle. Same dynamic. Yeah. Same dynamic. Yeah. Um, but for most mums... Uh, it's usually up to about a week, a week and a half before, mm. and you've done, you've worked with techniques with themselves and their birthing partners, whether it's their girlfriends, boyfriends, mm. husbands, whatever, yes. whoever it may be, that they can help and be with them in terms of self hypnosis techniques, guided yes. imagery, breathing exercises, so they can remain totally in control. Right, they can make the right decision. So one thing, and I want to say very clearly, I am not an advocate of uh, if you watch some of the hypnobirthing movies where. They, the, the, the women remain totally silent. They say they've, they've no pain and the baby just pops out. That does happen. But the whole thing around hypnobirthing, positive birth, gentle birth, it's about having a positive birthing experience where you remain yeah. in control. You don't give over to the fear, the panic, mm. and it's a positive experience. So I've had women coming that are coming for C-sections, but they're saying, I'm petrified of needles, yeah. hospitals, yeah. and I'm petrified of the experience. So we're not trying to change that, that they're going to have a, a natural birth. It's about preparing them for that. So yeah. I've had women text me on the morning saying, I'm up, I've just had a shower, I can't wait to go in now at 11 o'clock and meet oh, my baby. Because nice. we've removed the fear. They're just focusing now on, today's the day I get to meet my baby, is this going to be fantastic? Well, one of the things, I, I'm really, really inspired by um, the work that you do, and I, I can't wait to just learn more and more about it, but one of the things I love about what you do with all of the people you've talked about today is you... you they leave the experience upskilled. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, oh God, they'd have to go for the entirety of their lives. Not at all. Oh We're God, talking three, you know four, I mean? like, five sessions. Yeah, maximum. but they're upskilled and they're, yeah. they're in a place now where they've learned so much, facilitated by yourselves. And it's I just find that themselves. That's why you don't forget it, because you've actually found your true self through hypnotherapy. The real you, the positive, the relaxed, calm, confident, yeah. good enough you. Yeah. And once you believe that, that never leaves you. Relax, calm, confident, good enough. Wow. That's it. That's Words really, live your life That's really impactful. Wow, that gave me a rush of emotion there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Imagine yeah. everybody could be relaxed, calm, confident. and. My wife laughs at me sometimes. I sit in the morning with my two kids. I stand them up in the sink. You are good enough. Your daddy loves you. You are strong enough. You can do anything. Oh, I, I am a lion and they give a big roar. So I throw so much positivity at my kids, hoping that Some of 10% it stick. of it sticks. <laughs> to arm them for life because life just chips and chips and chips away yeah so when we go back to that core belief that you're good enough you're able enough and that that just reinforces people oh man that is amazing that's and the best thing about that is you don't film it put on facebook no you actually do it i actually do some people are really really kind and they, (laughs) they share the stories like michael did on their facebook page yeah but it's it's really just to see people be the be the real selves it's amazing God, I can hear how fulfilled you are by engaging in what you're doing. I absolutely love it. Helping people and seeing people. Like, there's another lady who's, um, her name is Siobhan Power, and she very kindly shared her story. Um, But she sent me a selfie. She was going on her first holiday with her family. She didn't want to transfer her fear of traveling and flight to Mm. her young daughter because it was the first plane ride. We did a bit of fantastic work. She was an absolute hero. 
throughout the whole uh, process and she sent me a selfie just before Christmas of herself and her daughter on the plane big happy heads on them it was the best Christmas <laughs> present heads. I've ever gotten because it was oh, just great. like fantastic that's wonderful so listen man we have to I have to ask you the question. You've answered it a number of times, but there is one question that I ask every week. And Derek O'Boyle, what does wellness mean to you? Wellness and balance to me is living an authentic life for yourself. Be positively selfish. Yeah. When you make decisions that are authentic to you, balance and wellness comes into your life. You stop living a life for somebody else. And that's when you understand that, that's when the wellness really kicks in. I love it. And, and also just to say... Make your mind an ally. Yes, make your mind an ally. Your mind can be your best friend. Wow, that's brilliant, man. You've blown me away today. Like, brilliant, thank thanks very much for the opportunity. So listen, uh, people want to, um, people have listened today and they want to get in touch with you. Is the Facebook page the way to go? Yeah, what would natural, you prefer? Uh, there's Natural Harmony Hypnosis. My Instagram is Natural Harmony Hypno. Um, if you want to get in touch with Dara, he's at Bitbox Dublin. Um, if there's anybody around the country that can make it up to Dublin, um, I'm also involved with Irish Hypnosis. They've clinics nationwide. Fantastic support network. Get in touch with them too. Great stuff. Well, guys, thanks a million for listening. Uh, it's Dan Kiel Wellness Project on Facebook. As you know, send me a message anytime. If you prefer email, Project at gmail.com. Um, this is episode 26 of the podcast. I have lots of people lined up for 2017, um, but I am just so pleased with... Derek, well I'm so happy that Derek came on and kicked off 2017 with such a beautiful chat and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks guys, talk to you. Thanks Derek. Cheers man.